Welcome back, my loves. Oh, I have Isabella Braveheart with me today. I'm so excited. We're going to talk all about unconventional intimacy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Welcome, Isabella. Gracias. Gracias. That just kind of sounded like maybe we were going to do this interview in Spanish. <laughs> and in which case, it's going to be a very long, tedious translation process. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be interesting because I don't speak it so Nor well. Nor do I. Okay, got it. <laughs> I think we'll stick with English for okay, today. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, we met at a fun play party. If I may share. We did. And you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was epic. It was a really intimate, beautiful experience. It was creative and artistic and seductive and tantalizing and all the yummy, juicy things without penetration. I was so lit up and turned on and I hadn't necessarily even been touched. It was really cool. I'm all about yummy, juicy, creative things that have us wet and gushing, whether or not penetration is involved. It's amazing. So yes to that. Yeah. So yes, thank you for introducing that world to me. Yeah. 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 It was really cool. So tell tell us a little bit about what you do and what you create for people. Uh, it's such a loaded question. I feel like at, I'll, I'll get into specifics later, but I feel like at the core of what I do is I really support people to become more of themselves, mm. to be even more expressed in the ways that are important to them. So that might look like, you know, it just looks really different for each of us. But when, when, when I speak with most humans, and I was talking about this the other day on another podcast I was on, around self-expression. A lot of my work is around self-expression. And, uh, and what you know, we think of self-expression as artistic or poetry or performance, or that's part of it. But the way I define self-expression is really around, are my insides, what I'm thinking, feeling on the inside congruent with my outsides, what I'm thinking, feeling, doing? And am I fully expressed in the way that I care about being such that I feel like I can be myself, like truly be myself with anyone, anywhere, at any time. Mm. I rarely meet human beings that can say yes to that. I don't always, I'm not always able to say yes to that, that I'm actually fully myself with everyone, everywhere, all the time. So as it relates to self-expression, stepping into more and more of that and as I was on this podcast the other day, we were talking about the the percentages of, you know, we have this idea that we use 10% of our brain, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the, that's the data. And I feel like many human beings are at about 10% of our full self-expression wow. when it comes to, am I really experiencing the pleasure that I want to experience? Am I really experiencing and expressing the pain, the discomfort, the anger, the resentment, the fear that lives inside of me? Am I really doing what I want to do in the world as it pertains to my purpose and my work and my dharma? Am I actually expressed and fulfilled in my relationships the way that I really want to be? And most of us cannot say yes to that. So my work is to support, to support both men and women, I work with them very differently, to come into higher alignment with that expression in the world such that we truly can say, yes, 
I am fully fucking alive. Mm. I'm doing this thing called life and I'm doing it well and I'm wringing the towel dry of my experience in the world. And that's a tall order, you know? And sometimes self-expression looks really beautiful and big and gorgeous and expressed. And sometimes self-expression is really fucking painful Mm. and quiet. And sometimes it involves grief and the deepest levels of vulnerability that we don't ever want anyone to see. So that's what I do. Mm. <laughs> That's part of incredible. what I do. That's part of what I do. I should it's say. really incredible. Yeah, thank you. What I was <clears throat> hearing during that is how often I was thinking about how I'm not in my body experiencing the moment. I'm concerned about how the other person is experiencing me. Yes. And it's this external experience that I don't even, I can't control. (laughs) Right. I mean, I can influence, right? And that's what I think we do as humans, which is the whole deal around why many of us are not expressed in the way we desire to be, is that we're freaking worried about what other people think. Yeah. And it is a human, it is as real as any other need back in the day, we'd literally get kicked out of tribe if we didn't belong or push back or something and you would die right? because we needed tribe to literally survive. So in the DNA, if I get kicked out, if I'm not liked, if I don't belong, I'm going to die. And that, that is a visceral, real feeling. And whether that is with our blood family, our friends, making professional decisions, what we wear, there's a real, there's a real relationship with what is happening over there. Mm, Yeah. With those around me, as opposed to the internal connection to self. And what do I really want right now? What do I really want to say? What do I really want to do? And am I willing to risk the fear of dying. Yeah. In this case, it's an ego death. You know, it's not usually a, a physical death in this world, but it could be. It could be. If you live in a country where you speak out against political something, you could actually be risking your life. So there, you know, there's there's all aspects of what that what that risk is. But I feel like the the playground of self-expression is a risky playground and it is the most rewarding playground. Mm-hmm. It is the most rewarding playground to feel like I am someone who is being my absolute freaking authentically self-expressed self in the world and I'm pulling in more love as a result of that, yeah. not losing love yeah. as a result of that. And that's the, that's, the, that's the balance beam. Am I willing to walk that line and risk the love that I think I have for the love that I actually want? Hmm. Huge. Yeah. It's so funny because the people we admire often the most are the ones that are courageously themselves. Right. Yeah. It's the person that can get up on stage and, and share their truth and, and speak with conviction. Even if we don't agree with what they, ha- they have to say, it's mm-hmm. the courage to be, be authentic and to be real and to make a mistake and laugh at yourself. And like that, those are the things that are so appealing. And yet we're so scared to go there ourselves. It's, it's an interesting 
it's always Dynamic. it's always easier to see someone else do something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> looks vulnerability looks good on you. Self-expression looks good on you. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 It's 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 a practice. It's yeah. a real real practice. Yeah. So bring it to the the dominatrix world. How does sexuality and exploring sexuality support in this stepping into your own authentic self and expression? Well, how we experience our pleasure, how we experience our bodies, this exquisite gift that we've been given to experience exorbitant forms of pleasure, which again, I think most humans, myself included, haven't even touched the amount of physical pleasure, in this case, physical pleasure, there's many other forms of pleasure, that we're capable of because of all of our dense cultural narratives of shame and blame and this and that, you know, we're not, we're not emotionally and mentally, spiritually or physically open to receive that, that currency, that current rather of pleasure that is just another form of self-expression. Am I being in my most expressed space? And part of the other aspect of self-expression is trying things. There's so, we could, we could have a two day podcast. We could have a two day podcast on self-expression and truth. Um, allowing myself to actually taste the buffet of life in front of me, all, and which is part of what I do uh, in the work that I do with men is I custom curate designed experiences for them to expand levels of pleasure, of power, of purpose, of emotional and energetic and intellectual intelligence and intimacy through deepening into new experiences that they may not have had before or expanding experiences they've already had in a very fun, creative, adventurous way. And I've found for myself that there were things that I didn't know that I enjoyed or that I didn't even know were part of my life's purpose until I actually went out and tried them and did them, including everything I've created professionally, every single thing I've created professionally, my programs, my uh, performance art, my offerings, all has been an expression of, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this right now. I don't know why. And I don't know if I'm going to be any good at it, but I'm going to freaking try. And in that, worlds open up. And I realized and continue to realize, holy shit, I get so much pleasure out of this. Holy shit, I am actually freaking really good at this. And I had no idea. But I wouldn't know had I not tasted, touched that buffet of life experience. So that's another place that we get to play is how open am I to not just try new things, but experience myself as a completely new human. And that's how I, that's how I support others to experience themselves as completely new humans through having visceral experiences of life in a new way, because it is so easy and everything I offer, I 
myself included. You know, I'm not transcended. I'm not enlightened. None of those things. I'm as human as human gets. And I'm my own best guinea pig. Amazing. You shared with me prior before recording, there's a food experience, there's feminine touch. What are some of the like more logistical aspects of of stepping into the self-expression? Such a great question. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is the recipe. I'm like, for, how? That is the recipe for self-expression. <laughs> Food and feminine touch. That's all you need. <laughs> it's kind of true. Nice. <laughs> it's kind of true. Um, well, I'll back up. Yeah. In that, in the way that looks, so in the way that looks with my work is that the men that I work with, wh- wh- that I design these experiences for, I go into a deep dive container with them, a retreat style space, and we uncover what what is your mind, body, spirit actually want to experience or to heal? Because it's both, right? Mm. We go forward and we go backward. Both are necessary. And then I design experiences around that. So it's very customized. I think what you're asking about is this dinner that I have coming up. Yes. Which I am very excited about, I will tell you. Uh, It is an opportunity for me to bring forward all of the ways that I love to express and inviting others into that space. And uh, so we're doing, the evening is called Spread, and it is the intersection of art, eros, and activation over a multi-course, privately catered Jeffersonian dinner. So it is the sort of the what's what of the evening is it's a beautiful luxury venue with formal attire, suits and gowns, and only four men are invited into this space. I've only curated four. Only four. It's very, very intimate. I've uh I've curated four amazing priestesses that will be paired with these men and they come to receive an evening of transformational performance art ritual transformational performance art deep embodied experiences which the whole the theme of this evening and how we opened this this interview was unconventional intimacy yeah and spread is all about unconventional intimacy and for me even I'll back up even one moment further as is self-expression yeah an aspect of self-expression because we find intimacy in the most unexpected places when we're willing, when I'm willing to put myself out there, whether it's speaking my vulnerable truth or doing my work in the world, I find intimacy in the most unconventional places. And so as it pertains to spread, we have an evening of really exciting erotic, exotic performance art, unconventionally intimate, experiential experiences And then a facilitated multi-course, exquisite artistic uh, meal that I've brought in a chef for. And, uh, And the whole evening is really designed to come into a space of, of not just self-expression, but of openness and willingness to find oneself in unconventional spaces of intimacy to explore oneself in, hmm, I hadn't thought about that that way. I hadn't felt myself in this way. I hadn't experienced the feminine in this way. Mm. I hadn't experienced my relationship to the feminine or the masculine together in one space in this way. So, and then that over food as well, that is really designed to expand these conversations, uh, 
and it's juicy and it's beautiful and it's erotic and uh, it's going to be a really incredible evening. I love it. Yeah. How do you support the men in receiving? That's not an issue. Huh, for it's men. It's not an issue. Okay. I, I don't want to say across the board all men. Sure. Because generalized. generally not an issue. Interesting. I have really found that men are... If you, this is an audio only. My body's doing a lot of things right now. <laughs> we'll come back for we'll come back for more with video. But uh, I have found that men are usually pretty ready and willing and desirous to receive. Yeah. Women is a whole other story, and the work that the the self expression work that I do with women is a completely different situation. It's a completely different access point. Huh. Um, yeah, because there are we're we're just dealing with different cultural narratives. We're dealing with we're dealing with different blocks. We're dealing with different what's in the way of resistance to those levels of of being in the world. So you were right on point hmm. with the receiving thing. In my experience, yeah. that's been my experience. Yeah. Quick tip on the women, and we'll get back to the men. But um, is there a way that men can support women in receiving? That you, like an obvious one that comes through for you. It's you know this it's such a interestingly complex complex question that we're in. Um, what I have found is the more men are truly desirous to give in a way that a woman actually wants to receive, the more open she becomes. I find that there's generally a, a, some dissonance in the alignment of that exchange. Mm. Or perhaps it's not an exchange. Perhaps it's a one-way giving. Um, that's a whole other Interesting. direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, cool. Um, I, uh, from my experience, I, I think I get in my head and I expect that the man wants to receive. And so I, right. I, I take my pleasure, my pleasure kind of a little off the, it's not, it, it comes second. It's almost secondary. It's kind of wild. I'm, I'm witnessing all oh, this. Oh, you're specifically referring to sexual, sexual re receiving. Receiving. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, yes. I mean, we could talk for hours on that. Why women uh, don't receive, won't receive, have a challenge receiving, why we think we need to give. Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. That's, right. that is embedded into culture for sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll go back to the men. Yeah. So you mentioned that men get to experience the feminine different. Can you go there a little bit more? That was interesting. Yes. Let me decide how I want to answer this without giving away anything I don't want to give away about the evening. You have to come and find out. <laughs> <laughs> tease. <laughs> I'm a teasy teaser. I'm a teasy teaser. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. There are some things that that, uh, and that's part of the mystique of the feminine is that, you know, oftentimes, and I get this from men as well, sometimes is when they ask about what I offer them privately or at the spread dinner, there's a desire to have outcomes. What's the outcome? And while we can riff on some outcomes and we can riff on some of the, what's going to happen, uh, I'm inviting you into a space of, or I'm inviting them, I should say, into a space of the mystery of the feminine, the essence, the 
feeling. And what happens in that space is a, actually a great mystery. And 100% of the time, I think I can say this, maybe 99, I see even more miraculous things happen than I ever could have imagined. Mm. And so for me to, to tell you what, how you're going to experience the feminine differently or why that's even important, it's almost as though, it's almost as though I'm just offering you, I'm just offering you an invitation into the temple. Your desire is what's going to have you have this. Your desire is, as it is with, ev with everything, what will have you create the most miraculous results, whether it's an evening or whether it's a longer a longer term container, it's that the wanting, the courage, the willingness to, I want to see things newly. I want to feel her. I want to taste her. Not literally, could be literally in a different container. We're not doing that at spread, even though the name might suggest otherwise. <laughs> uh, but that yesness to experiencing the depth the multidimensionality of the feminine that is not defined in outcomes hmm. or hows. Yeah. It's, it's just the way the, bra the male brain works. They want to understand outcomes and goals and right. Like, is that, yeah. So I give you the for the men listening here, yeah. I give you, and yes, and we need that and we want that, right. Mm. Not to make that bad or wrong. Right. Uh, but in this specific, in this, uh, as, as it pertains to the conversation we're talking about, uh, <clears throat> what I see consistently is men having experiences of unconventional intimacy, like we talked about, feeling deeply connected to self, to other, to woman in ways they've never experienced before, feeling opened in ways they've never experienced before, feeling softer in ways they've never experienced before, feeling an actual deep joy for life. And, you know, I had a client, uh, I designed this experience for him. I brought in two other, uh, what I call my specialists, but I work with a global network of other amazing humans that I design these experiences with. And I brought in two other women and uh, this was not a sexual container. There, there may have been erotic energy in the container, but it wasn't sexual. And, um, and some of the things that we did, you just don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. But this man, his, his face, he, he, he literally started jumping up and down, which men don't normally jump up and down with excitement. Like that's not, unless they're maybe at a concert. You know, that's right. not really a thing. Uh, or a football game. Or maybe a football game. <laughs> Lord knows I wouldn't know. Um, that uh, I just don't want this to end. I want to be doing this every day of my life, were his words, literally. And it's being in connection. It's being seen in truth. It's speaking truth. It's being held and witnessed in one's most vulnerable and truth-telling expression. It's feeling deep aliveness and activation from such intense connection to the feminine. And uh, 
yeah, I just don't know what happens in these spaces, but something miraculous always happens. Hmm. I, I want you to... And I will say this, sorry to cut yes, you off, but it. I will say this. And I can promise you, I think I can promise, it's hard to make promises because there's always exceptions to the rules, but that you will experience something you've never experienced before. Yeah. That I feel like I can stand behind. Love it. Mm-hmm. I want you to teach women. I'm happy to hear that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you also have class because this sounds great. <laughs> I want some of these skills. <laughs> <laughs> Which are the skills that you're referring to? I, it, it sounds like you're, there's a level of um, female expression that mm. I may not be tapped into. Yes. So I do, I do work with women just in a very different way. Uh, I work with women in group programs and yeah. I actually have in a program called Express, okay. which is a nine month program doing all of what we're talking about. Wow. Diving into all of these different areas of self-expression in many, many ways of, you know, many different topics in life and to become what I call to become an expressionist such that you are mm. actively connected to who you are in your expression as you go through life on the daily. Mm. And then it shows up and, and we see, oh, that was out of alignment. Oh shit, that was out of alignment. Oh fuck, I didn't want to say that, but I said it. Oh, I wish I would have said that, but I didn't. And as we get more and more aware of these places that we're out of alignment and not in full expression, then we can bring our attention there and 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 create expression in those spaces. Nice. And truth, yeah. Love it. So you said it's erotic, not sexual. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things to you. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me how. So erotic is an energetic. To me, sexual, in this case, sexual is explicit sexual connection. So this isn't a play party. There's not sex, but there is erotic energy. There is eros. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Would the okay so sexual energy to you is actually maybe like phys- physical touch or is correct it, okay correct explicit explicit contact explicit sexual sexual contact or got sexual it. exchange interesting mm-hmm. wow what got you into this work well I'll, the the cheating version is spirit did but which is true which is true <laughs> because I feel like that's true uh, and I will say that. All of my work has been a very emergent process. I never planned anything. It just has been one emergent expression after the next. And uh, I, for many, many years, all of my work was very feminine-centric in nature. What I, cared, what I cared about then and still care about is women coming into their full self-expression in the, in the world with their bodies being safe while they do so. And, uh, so that was where most of my attention went. And then I began writing shows and, um, I have a one woman show that I, that I performed and toured. I have a play that I wrote all about women's issues, my, my, my issues, my stuff. And, uh, and it's all been very, very emergent. Nothing did I, there was no, I'm going to do this when I grow up. It was really, you know, (laughs) it's really been Isabella doing Isabella, which is, um, what self-expression is. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, you know, not all, not everything has been rosy in that regard, but, but me finding when I, you know, when I did my first one woman show that was written from extraordinary pain, extraordinary grief. It was a healing show for me that I was 
I was healing myself in my artistic expression and I didn't actually know what would happen with the audience or how that would land. And, and it just did, it just, it just did in a way that it really, it, it blew up in a beautiful way that I hadn't anticipated, but it came from my desire to feel myself and heal myself. Mm. And, uh, and that's where my offerings have come from as some, they've come from a deep desire to express or offer something in a particular way that has manifested in multiple ways. And then maybe, I don't know, four years ago, three years ago, I just heard very loudly, it's time to start working with men. And there's a longer story to that, but, uh, it, yeah, it's been really emergent. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. What's your favorite part? So with my men's work, my favorite part is designing extraordinary experiences that they have never even imagined possible and walk into a space like, fuck, you want me to do what? Or we're going to do go where? And then always have the most brilliant, exquisite breakthrough, even in the challenges. That is so fun for me. And I get to do that in any place in the world and bring in beautiful collaborators. Also, for those of you listening, if you have an exceptional offering and you are a baller at something, uh, come find me. And I'm always interested in creating new collaborations and designing new experiences for my clients, no matter where you are in the world. Um, Um, So that's one of my most fun things. And then with spread... With spread, this dinner is also really fun for me because I get to... I get to bring in performance art and, uh, and delicious food, which is what I love com- combined with deeply transformative experiences. And that's a sweet trifecta for me. Mm, yummy. Mm-hmm. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I wish there was like a, a way for everyone to experience only four people get this delight luxury. This time, <laughs> this time <laughs> we'll grow. We'll oh, grow. Yeah. I want yeah. one for women. What if women were sitting at the table and there were four men tantalizing us? I'm going to have to work on that one and get back with you. I'm like, my turn, my turn. That's a it. whole, that's a whole, my, my brain just went, let me re, let yes. me re. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. Um, do you want to share what uh, maybe a breakthrough that you've witnessed? I know you had the man jumping up and down, but was there, <laughs> there are there any like specific transitions or things that you've witnessed with my clients? Yeah, there's a confidence thing. The miraculous thing to me is what happens in, can happen in such a short period of time uh, through even one experience. You know, I had a, I was in a retreat with one man, and um, he overnight overnight decided to quit drinking and watching porn and hiring prostitutes. And he had been doing that for years and you know, it's, it's amazing. And I didn't ask him to, that wasn't a, that wasn't a request. Mm. Uh, it was a, it was an inspiration from within. That was really beautiful, particularly coming from a gentleman who doesn't play in these worlds at all. You know, that's that, that wasn't the deal. Um, and I mean, I could go on and on about different things happening, but there's some really, yeah. Nice. Really beautiful. That's that's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay. So one of my favorite questions that I ask all my guests is uh, if little six-year-old Isabella were sitting next to you right now, what would you say to her? Oh, I love 
love that question. Hi, little six-year-old Isabella. <laughs> You're so cute. Mm. Mm. I would tell her <clears throat> that to trust your strength and your creativity and your power, even if you don't feel supported, even if no one is trusting that with you, and to know that you have a very, very unique and special place in this world with unique and special gifts. And even if you don't see them or know them or they're not available or obvious to you in the moment, to trust, trust, trust that. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, oh, I could... This is such a beautiful question. I just want to <laughs> stay with her. Uh-huh. And also the, <laughs> the things that you think are going to make you feel better in the moment are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Trust. It's a fascinating thing. At some point <clears throat> we must be taught not to trust, right? As a child. I think we're given a lot of reasons not to trust. Yeah, or we're, or we're like, don't cry. We're taught not to trust our emotions. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're taught, right? So, the the relearning remembrance that we are divine beings, and our inspiration and our insights, our intuition is God sent, if I can use that word, or you know, right? We're we're aligned, and so we have to trust these intuitive hits because. We're, we're we're spirit expressing ourselves, and if yeah. we if we block that expression, that that's what creates the stuckness, right? That's what creates the uh, resistance, and and also like it, it's the limitations of our life is our own blocks, our own mm-hmm. not trusting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we really get to write a new narrative around trust, and I do feel that the more I'm in my own expression, the more I trust myself and the more I then trust others. Yeah. Because we're, we're coming from a place of wholeness with each other. And there's a lot of reasons not to trust in the world, but it's also not fun going around living in a world, not trusting. It's very painful. Speak to the skeptic that's like, I used to trust and now, and then I was convinced not to trust because I, you're right, I got Great, hurt. you're human. Right. You're human. Great. <laughs> Join the, <laughs> hop on the boat, babe. Everyone's been there. <laughs> yeah. You, we've all been, we've all been trained not to trust. So you have a choice. That's it. Is uh, it fun? Is it fun not to trust? Is it fun living in fear? Is it fun thinking others are out to get us and hurt us? It's not for me. No. It doesn't mean that trust is restored. But immediately, but the more I trust myself, the more I trust myself to make decisions, to interact with people that I can trust. Right. Yeah. And you can trust your intuition when it says, don't trust that person. (laughs) Do not trust that person. You need to walk the other way, lady. Instead of like, I know I can't trust you. I know I can't trust you. Will you please be in a relationship with me? I know I can't trust you. That's my 20-year-old version, my 20-year-old self. (laughs) Right? The people wanting wanting to be liked by everyone. We just want to be liked. We just want to be loved. I know. We're (laughs) such sweet humans. We're such sweet humans. (laughs) 
It's okay. We all make terrible mistakes. Well, I don't even want to say terrible. We all make such innocent mistakes. We all make such mm. innocent mistakes in the quest for belonging, in the quest for love, in the quest for mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. 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 I asked Deepak Chopra once. I, I found myself working out next to him randomly at his center in, in Carlsbad. And um, I was like, is there such thing as a mistake? Mm-hmm. I was just curious what his thoughts were there. Because if everything's a learning lesson, right? Which some people call spirit. I was called, I, I was told I was spiritually bypassing because I'm always seeking for the blessing. Right, right. And I was like, what? I can feel my emotions, but I don't need mm-hmm. to sit and dwell in them. I, I'm going to seek why I'm experiencing this. And like, mm-hmm. and my, my, my intention is to seek the, the blessing. Every, I believe everything has, there's a lesson involved. So why not get to that sooner than later? <laughs> if that's the... The outcome. You can disagree. I, I, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what the actual definition of mistake is. I think that um, there's a version. I'm. This is just. I haven't given this much thought. There's a version of a mistake that is. I think it's when we're ascribing value to it. When we're ascribing uh, make wrong or shame or like you shouldn't have done that. Mm. Um, that is, I think, maybe what you're speaking into. Yeah. I believe that we do the best we can in the con- with the, the consciousness that we have. Right. But once you learn a higher level of consciousness and then, you look then, back then, and I, you're I like, I should have done that fucking thing. I could have done that better. I could have done that That was a mistake. Right. I, I don't know that I would say... I guess it's situational. It's situational. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's situational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are times, I think, when I could get behind a mistake. For sure. Yeah. I don't live my life in that place, though. Right. That that was a mistake, that was a mistake. No. no. But I think when I look back, there are times when, yeah, that was that was probably a mistake. <laughs> I can think of a few. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. But in that moment, <clears throat> that, that level of awareness, that was, I was using all my tools at that time, and that's what I thought was the right choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I think that most humans operate in that space most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. It's challenging to do human. It's challenging to grow. It's challenging to evolve. Even when we have a higher level of consciousness, to anchor that in in the challenging moments. Oh, that's, it's that's fascinating. That's a practice. I, yeah. I, 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 I've sat in my higher self and just witnessed and watched my brain get hijacked by little Nikki, anxious little Nikki freaking out. And I I'm, know, I'm going, little anxious ones. Will, will you please stop? And it, there was no stopping the freight train. No, she's like, <laughs> I'm scared and I'm going to do shit. I'm going to take control. Oh, so funny. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is interesting being human. We're so, like, we're so wild. It's, it's a fascinating ride. If we're, we're, we've come from creation, we've come from source. So they say. So they say, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. Um, then why is it so difficult? You know, I. <laughs> why do we need healing? I don't if we know are if we're ever ex- going to find out. <laughs> I would like to think that at some point when we cross over, we're going to find out. Really? But I don't even know if we will. You know, I don't think we will in this in, in human form. The best we can do is create the most empowering context. The best, the best I can do is create the most empowering context at any given time and stop asking why. Because I, when I ask why, I never get an answer that is satisfactory. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's true. 
I love the right circle back right to your work of how important it is for to fully self-express in in a trusted, loving way. Like you're you're centering people in their love and who their truth is, right? And and how they want to express themselves in this really beautiful divine way that hopefully is supportive to the collective. Well, and that's the thing, is that we have to ask, what is this in service of? Mm. And I find that my self-expression, and again, I use that term very, very lightly, or, or liberally, I should say, not lightly. Um, I find that I'm in service to one of three places, to the collective, to myself, or to spirit. Spirit's always there, part of it. Source is always part of it. Uh, but sometimes it's more important for me to be true to myself than it is to be true to the collective. And those are the scary moments. Those are the scary moments. Mm -hmm. The collective might just be two people. The collective might be one person. Sometimes my self-expression or my truth, it's not doesn't need to be expressed. It's not actually in service of anything other than me being right or me being something. Mm. That's not how I define self-expression. So it is very, very nuanced. That's why I said we could do two days on this thing <laughs> um, because to just be blah, out in the world with nothing stopping me, that's not what I mean. And that's not actually in highest service of anyone. Mm. It's, it's, that's more just bulldozing life. Um, and calling it self-expression. So we also don't want to manipulate self-expression to be and get what we want without owning impact on other. Mm, huge. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Isabella, any final thoughts you'd like to share? Oh, just so much love for the human experience, so much compassion for the places that we go and don't go and we're all figuring it out together. Yeah. We're all playing our part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How can people find out about you and all your incredible experiences? Thank you. So everything's Isabella Braveheart, uh, which I'm sure will be posted somewhere. Isabellabraveheart.com, Facebook, Instagram, and then the spread evening is sacredspread.com. It's on October 24th. So rush, rush, rush if you're to get a seat. <laughs> there are only four. <laughs> there are only four, and, and we only have two left. Wow. Wonderful. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. What a treat. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Have what? an amazing day. You too. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you all. Bye.